No, that was that was very special to 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 see. That was um, <laughs> privilege. I feel very honored to have watched you spill all of your feelings out to us. Blah. All Blah. feelings. Um, cool. Now, so now I'm covered in, in covered in Craig's feelings now. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Everyone gets covered <laughs> in my feelings. <laughs> this is really awkward, but I uh, I'm gonna own the hell out of this. Uh, because I'm someone with lots of feelings. And I'm going to stop making excuses for my feelings. I'm not a burden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Everyone not has feelings. Everyone, everyone's got, you know, their things. And, and that's okay. It's okay not to feel okay. And it's okay to feel okay. And it's okay to feel nothing. Punks podcast. This is the fourth episode of In Between Spins. This week, me and my friend Jacqueline O'Connell are chatting with our friend Kara Wise. Kara is one of Katie Ham's students. You'll hear a little bit about that in a little bit. But Kara books gigs, wants to continue booking gigs, and loves getting to the gig. This whole episode is dedicated to gigs and going to shows and our ideal bills, how to build a diverse bill, and how to convince people to get to the gig and how we go to gigs and if we like openers or closers or... uh, is eight bands too many for a show? Uh, uh, all those fun things to consider in this episode. You're also going to get to hear a lot of kick-ass new music. I think we have nine songs we're going to share with you today in this episode. So hope you're excited for all of that. It's a fun conversation. It's very loose. It's very fun. And I hope you enjoy that. Uh, please tell folks about the podcast, share, rate, and review. Uh, that would be really sick. I'd really appreciate it. And we've already started out with some tunes, playing a song called Lay Low by Fiddlehead. We'll talk about that album here in a little bit. And yeah, let's just get to this conversation. Hey, so this is In Between Spins, sitting here with Jacqueline O'Connell, all the way in New York. How you doing, Jacqueline? I'm great. How are you? Uh, pretty pretty well. It's been downpouring all day, and today we're recording on the Boston Marathon Day, and I was supposed to run it, and I'm very glad I am not, because I do not envy anyone right now out in this mess. Yeah, I was pouring... It was pouring here all morning, and now it's finally looks like it's going to be a nice day outside, finally. Yeah, maybe. 
Goodness. Maybe. This has been, and it's supposed to be like bright and sunny first thing tomorrow, which is just fantastic. Yay! Uh, yeah. So today uh, we are joined by this week. We're joined by uh, our guest Kara Wise. How are you doing, Kara? I'm doing great. You can speak up. You might have to speak up a little oh, bit. That's my worst quality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good uh, and wet, also. Good and wet. Yeah. Uh, because it is again very rainy outside. So uh, this week, what are we talking about, Jacqueline? We're going to talk about shows and bills and tour lineups and all that good stuff. Yeah, and like what it's like to book stuff and care yeah. of books gigs and is an aspiring gig booker. I, I sure am. I sure do. <laughs> Both of those. Uh, but first, like, tell folks a little bit about you. Uh, I know a little bit about you, but folks listening might not know anything about you. I so. don't know anything about you, so you can inform me only if you'd like. <laughs> well, here I go. Um, so I'm Kara. Uh, we learned that already. Uh, I'm a senior. I'm a first semester senior at Leslie, um, and I'm the the campus activities board live music chair. Uh, so I I do all the music and gig booking over there. I'm studying uh, English and education. There. Yeah. So I'm also uh, working on working on some final internships to be a teacher. Soon. Yay! Um, Yay! And uh, also trying to. Trying to figure out how I can continue uh, booking gigs when I'm not doing it at college anymore. So, trying to get more into the um, how that works in the other realm, which is why I think well, it's an extra interesting conversation. So, I can uh, I can just say right off the bat that anybody would probably allow you to do that because everyone hates booking gigs. Oh, <laughs> so anyone would take your volunteering to book gigs. And as we're about to get into it. Uh, I would love seeing anyone other than white dudes booking gigs oh, moving forward. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people who's just like, I'm going to sit back and let other people book gigs now because we've had enough of people like me and my my interests. So, <laughs> But you got, you're getting your start right now uh, booking gigs the way I got my start and the way Katie Ham, uh, who is technically your supervisor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Katie Ham is technically Kara's supervisor. Katie Ham, frequent guest and co-host of this podcast. Uh, we both got our start booking gigs at uh, booking gigs in college, and now look at us. Oh, there you are. Right there, I could be. There you could there be. In you education. could be a fallout boy connoisseur like Katie Ham. <laughs> I you know I was I when I was thirteen. Um, it faded pretty quick, but I was, I was really up there in the eighth and ninth grade. It was big. So Katie made sure to run back into the room and make sure that we noted that they are still booking gigs at Leslie university. <laughs> they have, they have not passed the torch quite yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so before we dig into, uh, talking about all the good stuff, I mean, we're going to talk about other good stuff before we get into the topic of this week. Let's do our new music roundup. Do 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 boop. Yeah, new we music come up with a little jingle for that. <laughs> that's what. That's it. That's we nailed it. Um, I love jingles. <laughs> uh, well, I just did an episode last week's episode of In Between Spins on the YouTube's, 
went up and four new releases that I got were Y Oaks, uh, the, what is it called? The louder I call, the faster it runs. Such a long name. I can never remember <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, Hop Along. Yes. That's Bark Your Head Off Dog. Yeah. That one, I'm still, I'm still having to kind of, I think it's like one of those albums that it's going to take time to latch onto because it is very different from their previous releases. Oh, that um, too. No, yeah, yeah, it I was, was very... Like, I love them so much. And I was like, I know I'm going to love this as much as I love everything else, but I like it. I just hasn't like fully grabbed me yet. It's totally. I've had friends that say that it takes at least like five lessons and I've only given it like, I haven't given it as much love as like, you know, why Oak or like, no, thank you. No, thank you's new album. Mm-hmm. Uh, all it takes to ruin it all out on Lamo records is also a masterpiece. Their last album was really good. I have not touched this one yet though. It's very good. Uh, I love Jump Ship as well. But the, yeah, this new one's really good as well. And what was the other one I had in that video? Uh, I forget. Those are the three. <laughs> well, if it comes back to you, uh, we can just throw it in. Fuck it. We're doing it live, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. I'm like, let me, let, me re- let me go back to my video. What did I even talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Kara, do you have any that you've been listening to? So here's the thing: when you said, "Here's what think of stuff you've been listening to lately," it, you didn't mention the new part. So I've been listening to a lot of like I, I thought of things that maybe aren't totally new, and I'm just gonna say those because I'm prepared with them. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I guess. Um, so I was gonna say the hop along for sure. I've been listening to it like I don't know. You're just saying you had like a, a a um a reminder set to listen to that one album every day. I Haley like been, like, Haley Hendrix. Yeah, I've been like doing that. Oh, with that myself. was the other one. Yeah. That was the fourth one that I talked about. Yes, oh, that yes. one is is a beautiful, beautiful record. That actually, I'm going to go, uh, when we get to Glasgow in Scotland, she's playing uh, the LP Records Record Store Day little gig. So oh, I'm excited sick. to see her. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yes, that album is really great. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been listening a lot to um, the new Texas Giant record. It's a little local uh, local dude, very good, uh, devastatingly sad. Did you um, say Texas Giant? Texas Giant, with a U. Tu- can you spell that? Like my cat? Like T-U-X-I-S. Oh, Texas. Tuxis. Tuxis. I think it's like an island of the Cape. Giant. Interesting. Very, 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 very good. Very sad. Um, just has like a, a, a newish uh, full band lineup going on, which okay. is like excellent. Um, also, the new Nature Shots, also devastating. Oh yeah, so good. We've we've had Michi on the pod, and it is a, uh, it is a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, I listened to it one time, and I was like, "This is so. This is a beautiful masterpiece. I can never listen to it again. I don't think." I <laughs> That's how I was with Mount Eries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still really avoiding that. Actually, I was like, I don't know if I can handle this ever. It's a lot of an album. Yeah, and then I guess if we're not going to go to the newest new, I can't ever pass up an opportunity to ever not mention uh sydney gish oh yeah all the time oh yeah 100 percent. she's amazing um and i love her nice the second plug for sydney gish on this podcast you and uh christine varielli just dropping (laughs) that knowledge hell yeah yeah she's she's the great the greatest and she just like put out that album like all quiet under the rug at like like 10 30 and new year's eve with like no promo (laughs) at all and it just like blue uh, she just because it's so good and it just like speaks yeah yeah she's great that's fantastic lots of love and respect for her what about you craig what have you been listening to for me so 
I do <clears throat> I do have a daily reminder set up on my phone to listen to the new Haley Hendrix album. Every day? Every single day it has I have a reminder for the rest of the year to listen to, listen to, to it once a day? Once a day. Why? Because it's good. No, I don't, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just, I want to know the logic behind the reminders. It's honestly be, it's just to make sure I don't forget. And granted, at this point, I should just pop it on immediately. But it's, I'm, I'm popping it on like right when I'm like walking around at work or going to the gym. Like, yeah, I'm listening to a super kind of uh, atmospheric, folky album at the gym. I don't care. I get hype. On life, y'all. Hype on sadness. I do get hype on sadness. It's a weird thing. Uh, So uh, I've been really digging uh, the new Spanish Love Songs album. Oh, yeah. That's good. Not sure if folks have heard that one, but it it is so good. And what's messed up about it is it's... A band that this is only their second album and they already feel like, to me, uh, they've already like figured the hell out of their sound, which I absolutely admire. Um, And it's kind of like Pup meets Jeff Rosenstock meets like Menzingers meets Wonder Years, like lyrical content. Like it's it's a lot for me. (laughs) But I think I think it's a really good album and I've been listening to it a lot and. I hate it because there are a couple times where I'm like, God damn it, they wrote the song I wanted to write. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good problem to have, though. Yeah, for like, sure. At least someone put it out. Um, uh, there's the new album. Uh, oh, and that album is called Schmaltz, I think. I don't actually know how to <laughs> how to pronounce uh, the name of that um, the name of that album. I'm actually trying to look it up. It's on An- AF Records, which also put out uh, Homeless Gospel Choir. And, uh, I mean, it's owned by Anti-Flag. So, basically, anyone they put out is going to be, like, anti-capitalist folks. Um, punks as hell. Oh, yeah, Schmaltz. That's just the name of the album. Schmaltz. Uh, but it's very good. Uh, I also really love the new uh, Rolo Tomasi album, um, which is... One of the weirdest releases of the year because it's so they're like it says that they're uh, from England. I thought I heard they were from Italy, but yeah. So this it's the this band from England and they make like chaotic atmospheric music, but also super poppy music at times. It's like if Deaf Heaven had a a chick lead singer that also went into like ballads. Wait, whoa. Is this a new band? They've been around for about 10 years. Did they put out something new? Yeah. Internet says they're like progressive math core. Um, But yeah, it's really hard to describe um, the band. The album is called Time Will Die and Love Will Bury It. Um, That's heavy. It's Yeah, it's intense. And... Uh, I think it was put out by Holy Roar, but Death Wish has a... Uh, I think they're the American imprint of it. Um, I'm also big fan of the new Many Rooms album. Brianna, like, crushing crushing us with sadness. And she went super lo-fi with it, mm-hmm. which it kind of surprised me. I was talking to uh, 
I, I was talking to Julian about it yesterday and like how we were just both like floored by how much she just bared on it. It was pretty great. Um, I also love the new War on Women album. Recently had them on the podcast. Recently got to hang out with them. And Katie got to go up on stage and scream their face off with Sean. Oh, yeah, that was sick. Which was super fun. New album is called Capture the Flag. And it has every little bit of, like, feminist punk hardcore you can handle. It's so good. Did you like that gig the other night? I did. It was nice. I had a nice time. (laughs) I like that. We had a nice time at the hardcore gig. <laughs> and speaking everyone, of some speaking of some hardcore, uh the new Fiddlehead album is super great and I uh I had no idea what the hell this was until uh I saw a bunch of people posting about it. But it's a, a band from Boston and if I'm not mistaken, it's um, guys from Have Heart and um, Basement. Is that right? Mm, I don't know. Hang on a second. Let me look that up. Um, I know one yeah, of them. Basement, Have Heart. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, but that album is super cool and reminds me of like mid-career Fugazi and like Crash of Rhinos and I really like it. Uh, it's an album. It's super short. It's like 22 minutes long. That's great. I love that. Yeah, and I I really enjoy it, and I definitely need to get a get myself a copy of it. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you're just kind of like taking off the Brixton Agency roster here. Am I? Oh, great. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, Spanish Love Songs, Jeff Rosenstock, Hospital... <laughs> Homeless Gospel Choir, Just Fiddlehead, like y'all Many have Rooms. Good taste. We do have great taste. Aww. Uh Speaking of great taste, I don't know how this is going to work as a transition, but speaking <laughs> of great taste, um, what's it take to book good bands these days and fill out some bills with lineups that aren't... Uh, just full of white dudes <laughs> that are diverse. Uh, yeah. So, Kara, I'm interested in your perspective on booking good gigs uh, with folks who do come from like marginalized communities. Uh, it's easier than a lot of people make it out to be, mm. um, and it's important to do. Because um, a lot of times people will be like, "Well, but these bands are good and they have draw," and I'll be like, "Yeah, but there's like." There's just a whole bunch of more white dudes. And I've, like, developed this thing where I just see, like, four white guys on a stage doing the thing. And they could be great. Their band could be great. But I just get so bored. And then I get mad. <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, this just... is, like, a thing that I've been going through. And I've been having such a hard time, like, explaining it to people without sounding sexist. Yeah. But, like, I'm, like, every time I see, like, four white dudes or five white dudes, I'm just, like, their music just sounds like the teacher from Peanuts. Like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Sure. Like this could be like objectively not... excellent, but I'm just like I I don't want to hear it. Like I got there's better things I could be doing. It's know? just a phase I think I'm going through right now, but <laughs> maybe it's not a phase. Maybe this is how I'll be forever. I don't know. I kind of hope so. Actually, I can push you to look outside the outside that box a little bit more. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What got you interested in booking, though? Uh, booking. I see. Here's the thing. Well. uh Student activities at college. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I never, I didn't like think it was going to be co- like 
a thing that I would be into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, like, I went to UMass for a year and didn't have any friends and didn't mm-hmm. like it and whatever. And then I left Which and I UMass? was like, Boston. Oh, Boston. Yeah, oh, yeah. hey. Yeah, yeah. Go Beacons. I'm sure it's great um, if you're, you're not an athlete. That's what, that's what, that's what kicked me there. You were an athlete? Yeah. What, what did you do? Softball. Oh, sick. Oh, yeah. Or like, not, because you're I not mean, doing it anymore. If you really like softball, it's great because you live with the team and you uh, eat with the team and you only do things with the team and then you don't make any other friends that aren't on the softball team. Oh, God. But that's not what I wanted at all, so I was I had a terrible time. Oh, goodness. Um, but I just learned something. Yeah, so that's the thing. And then it took me two more years. Anyway, I quit, and then I quit sports. Anyway, this is a tangent. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We all go on tangent. This is the, this is like we should just rename this podcast to the Tangent Podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast, podcast. that ha- that is led by a bipolar kid with ADHD. <laughs> We're never staying on track. <laughs> yeah, with a, a chronically depressed, a- anxious person who just can't ever not say what's going through her mind. So. <laughs> Good, great. We're all doing great. <laughs> well, the shit show. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's fine. We're all fine. Anyway, this is vaguely related because, yeah. like, the, the the so I came to Leslie and then I was like, I'm going to be involved and I'm going to mm-hmm. have friends if it kills me. I don't even care. Um, so then I did, and then I found out about Cab, and then started working with the music stuff, and I found out that it was really cool to be behind the scenes because I've always been like, always gotten to the gig, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always just been a big the thing that I do. Um, and then I realized that being behind the scenes of the gig is also incredibly cool. And it was like, you had a cool, like, sense of accomplishment when people have fun at, like, the show you put together. So, um, I got really, really involved with that and then kind of fought between that and softball for, like, two years. Um, and then I finally quit softball and I could give, like, all of my time into booking shows and it's been really fun and rewarding. And, um, there's always something to learn and there's always a way to do better than you're doing um Mm -hmm. and like i've also found that the interplay between um you know like the college booking scene and like the diy scene has been like a really interesting spot to be at um because i guess being in a position where i'm i'm sitting on top of like a large budget that i can use and then being able to use that to support um you know really hardworking local bands that i believe in and bands that come from marginalized identities and stuff has been and been really important and fun and i've made a lot of friends and uh gotten to know a lot of people that i wouldn't have gotten to know otherwise so that's 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 more than what got me into booking but there we go. yay community yay yeah and i mean <clears throat> when you're sitting on that money with the schools the school's money you gotta use it to support yeah. the people that are in your communities too because then it like it shows them that one, you can get gigs at colleges and it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. um, than even like some bands might think, especially like Northeastern's crushing it with booking. Yeah, absolutely. They and like are. I see whenever Northeastern posts gigs and whenever Leslie posts gigs, people are like, these two schools are crushing it right now. Mm-hmm. And it's partly or solely because of you. Um, <laughs> no, you can. T- <laughs> Okay, fine. Sure. The be- so the the one thing I learned as a booker is when you put together a good show, like own the shit out of that and just be like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like right now, like putting on gigs that have like any level of diversity, like people are really going to want that and go mm-hmm. to that and um, support that. And so mm-hmm. um, what has, what has been like one of the major focuses for you for the types of ways that you build bills 
the ways that I build bills. Um, the way that I like to do it is like the beginning of the semester, I'll say like, okay, I got like four local dates and I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to talk mostly about like the local stuff that I do. Cause um, mm-hmm. the bigger stuff is a different, different story, but um, I'll just put, I'll just write down a big list of bands that I love and I admire and I respect and I want a book and then I'll kind of try and um, sort out who would fit with who. Um, and then, I always keeping in mind like identity stuff and whatever and like being representative, but also representing uh, a bunch of genres too. Um, it's like you were saying earlier and you go to a show and you're like, these bands objectively fit well together, but I'm, I'm seeing the same band four times in a row and I'm so bored. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to go home. Like, so I really try to like mix things up as much as I can. Um, and it's all about, it's all for me, it's all about, uh, just getting I'm gonna say this 25 times over the course of this hour I'm sure but just like get into the gig you know like you got to get out there and you got to see bands to know bands and there's new people always up and coming all the time and um just kind of keeping an eye out mm-hmm. and um finding people that I want to I that I that I believe in and that I want to help out and then I want to put on a bill so you got a hashtag gttg yeah absolutely get or, to that gig get G-T- to the gig Two G also is the, mm. that's the one I usually what, use. What was it? G T and then like the number two G. That's usually my go to. <laughs> oh, nice. oh wait, G two T. Yeah, G two T G. Get yeah. to the gig. Dog gig. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, it's time for the first music break of the podcast. About to bring you three minute long portions of three songs from albums we just referenced. First, you're going to hear the song Somewhere a Judge by Hop Along, and then Cubic Zirconia from No Thank You, and Hollow Body from Many Rooms. There you have it, the beginning and the end. The interchevel still covered in shade. Death in the screaming, it checks off the newborn buck with a broken leg. In the shadow of conversation.
So outside of, because you've you started booking some stuff outside of the college, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. How's that been going for you? Oh, it's been really, really excellent. Actually, the show I did recently in March um, is a benefit show for uh, like autonomous trans housing in Puerto Rico. Um, post the big, big old storm down there. And also generally in Puerto Rico, it's very hard and scary to be, um, and dangerous to be queer, trans in any way. So we were working with another, um, sort of similar collective up here, Lupinwood, um, through them to do a benefit for these people in Puerto Rico. Um, and then we put together a bill that, um, I'm, I'm very proud of this show. I have to say, um, good. We a build. It yes. was it was it was it was great. All the bands were excellent. They had draw, and we centered a lot of really like marginalized people um, in every act. And I I I just thought it went really well. Um, who'd you put on that bill? Oh, who was on that bill? I'll tell you who was on that bill. Uh, we had <laughs> Dump Him, uh, and then Loon played. Oh yeah, uh, like a duo. It was beautiful. Um, Space Camp from Connecticut. Yes, yeah. I love Space Camp. Um, and then Pink Naval. Yeah. So it was like a super, super diverse kind of uh, genre wise as well, which I was really proud of because um, that was a show that I would go to and that I would stay at also, which I think we're going to we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, But we had like some nice rock and roll in the beginning. It was some quieter, like more folky leaning stuff. And then I was like, okay, so like third band, that's when I want to go to bed. So like I put the really, really loud hardcore band third, of course, and then close it off with some like chiller like hip-hop stuff so mm-hmm. it was a nice um i think that worked really well and it was like mm-hmm. a it was we got because the big thing i'm like i feel kind of gross about talking about like draw and whatever yeah uh but like if i'm putting on a benefit show like that's what i want to have um to get money to the people who need it mm-hmm. um so i think having such like a, a wide like variety of acts um was really important uh, and then I, I did this whole thing with my partner too so it wasn't just me we, we both put a lot of like time and work into like working with loop and wind stuff and putting together the bill and there's a lot of like love and energy that I went to it went into it and um it went really well and we raised like 500 bucks for them and yeah wow yeah, that's awesome it was good it was a nice time yeah that sounds awesome I mean that's definitely something that you not only feel satisfied because people went to the gig and they they you know, had a good time, but it was also for such a great, you know, organization and cause that it almost felt like you were, you were doing the greater good that like is like within your skill wheelhouse and being able to put that, being able to put your power to an even greater good is such a good feeling, I bet. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that like, I mean, like I was saying earlier, especially this wasn't like, this was outside of the college booking thing but even as somebody who's like not marginalized in a lot of ways I have a lot of privilege I feel like and if I want to be involved in this um scene of people where a lot of there's a lot of people with marginalized identities that are being overlooked all the time I feel like it's kind of a responsibility um Mm -hmm. as somebody with that kind of privilege to like take what I have and use it um and put put it where I want it to go totally so totally I felt really good to be able to do that and I really we were thinking about making, working with um, Lupin Wood, we were thinking about making it sort of like a series of um, kind of things that we can do more of moving forward. So, yeah, that was great. That's awesome. Well, I that's like, very impressive. I like that you um, have recognized like a lot of the privilege in even getting to be able to do what we're like, like I tried to do that a lot when I was booking gigs is just like recognize like 
there's a lot of power that comes with that. And Absolutely, also like yeah. a lot of um, like people, once you're known as like someone who books gigs, people will just come to you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. something like, hey, can we do this gig? Hey, can... And I mean, it can be a lot. Yeah. It can be frustrating even. For sure. Annoying yeah. even. But like. I got to the point in college when I was booking, like, I can't put out the same bill every friggin' time. Yeah, exactly. I can't be putting out the same bands all the time. Yeah. Because then people aren't going to even want to come to the gig. Yeah, even if they're my friends and I love and believe in them, I don't want to book them every single show. I have a lot of friends that have played um, at Leslie several, like, a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Cosmic Johnny, shout out, shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, new album out, 420. Ah. Um, and uh, this week, or no, last week. Sorry, we're recording this right before 420. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then like Sydney Gish has played a bunch of times. She's just, like a good friend around, but like if I I can't I can't just keep doing it. Even if these yeah. are people mm-hmm. that I want to give platform to, I can't. You know, gotta gotta spread it around. Yeah, gotta make room for for the people that need it. And I think that that's that's a great message because you know, as Craig said, and as you you said, it, you're in a position of power and. How do you use that privilege? And I think that's a great lesson for people who are looking to get into either booking shows or even, you know, how to get like working in the music industry. How do you use that like power for good, you know? And I think that um, a lot of what happens is we forget about like the little guys, you know, like Mm -hmm. the small young bands and it's, it's hard because like you said, it's kind of gross talking about draw, but sometimes it is about numbers and Mm -hmm. that's how the economy continues to move. But that's how we also get bands that, you know, maybe have amazing draw and then you, you know, pop on a support that's needs a little bit more of a boost and that deserves that boost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful way of um, doing it too, especially if we're going to get to talking about like tour packages and stuff too, if there's bands that are just like a really big band full of cis white dudes, like, I think it's really important for them to be able to kind of recognize that. And if that's their, I mean, I, sh- I really hope that um, diversity and um, everything is everybody's vibe, but if that's their vibe, like to, to really pick out the right bands, um, like if you look at uh, the screaming females tour, mm-hmm. that's just happening. They have a space camp. Um, that band he- here's hers. Here's yeah. Here's collective. Excellent. Also mm-hmm. just like really just bands that are great. Um, and bands that of uh, people of marginalized identities and bands that need a boost and they did a really, I think they did a really excellent job, like yeah. stacking that up. Um, Isn't but, Thou on that tour too? I think so. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, but stuff like that. Like if you, if you again, it's just it's it's all the same concept, just in different ways. If you have a platform, how can you help other people with it? Yeah, um, my but uh, Chris Rosanina from the first In Between Spins podcast episode uh, skipped WrestleMania to go to that wow. Screaming Females gig. Wow. So. That sort of diversity is important, apparently, because if Chris, who loves pro wrestling, we recorded an episode of this podcast while watching wrestling, (laughs) goes to that gig, the gig was important. So that's that's a pretty true testament. But I think that gives us a good transition into talking about tour packages. Um, I've been going to gigs for, uh, this is going to feel really weird. 15 years and (laughs) so I've seen some tour packages that really work like from beginning to end Mm -hmm. I was stoked or at least I was open to the openers and I was able to be entertained the entire time and I've gone to gigs where 
I literally fell asleep during <laughs> one of the bands. And so I think there's a lot of give and take with tour packages, but what do you lo- what do you both like to see when you see a tour announced? Like I know we're talking a little bit about like a, a headliner that's established bringing on some younger folks, but how do you like to see uh, a tour announced? Do you think it's and do you think there should be a cap on the amount of bands? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> What's the like ideal? Three band bills. Three forever. band bills. Three band bills forever. Here's why. Um, every so like if you're like a, I think four is where the cutoff comes where you say I don't really care about that band. I'll go late. I'm talking a lot about like DIY shows too and how yeah. I would go to those rather than when I like paid a bunch of money for. But like all the bands get the love and attention they need. They can play like more than 15 minute sets. Um, people aren't gonna leave like mm. for a band and skip a band here and there. Um, and everybody gets to go to bed at a reasonable hour. Nobody gets too tired. We have a fine time. You know, that's my, I feel really good about three band bills. Mm. I like three band bills from a perspective of selfishness in that I don't feel like I have to stand for a long time. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I can go home and go to sleep at a normal hour. Mm-hmm. However, that works great in the DIY space. However, in like larger cap spaces, it doesn't work because you need four band bills or ugh, I hate five band bills, but sometimes you need five band bills to like, you know, help with um, in order for everyone to get paid properly in order for, you know, whatever the advance is and then whatever happens at the bar and like, you know, whatever money they're making from that. So the, the four bands are most of the time a necessity if you're going to like a, you know, 200 to 500 cap room or more you know you need Mm -hmm. you need the multiples for sure yeah makes sense for sure i've never so i i kind of when i was in college i came up in a metalcore band i've referenced that in the past but we would get put on bills that had like seven bands shut up really call it a festival and like the show would start at like five oh and like no. you're opening the gig with like six people there no. like mostly members of bands and oh, like man. it's so inequitable to do that and also like i don't know like norma jean and like the chariot and some of those other like bands would put out those like really long tours uh, and it just seems like, yeah, it's going to get some people exposure, but also like you're starting a gig somewhat early. Some people have like school or work, like you're not allowing any of those people to actually get to the gig. And it just, it's so long to be in a space like that, unless you're like straight up doing a fest, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes sense. But I like, and I've gone to plenty of those gigs and I've gone to plenty of five band bills and four band bills. But I also think that. The three band setup is really smart. I also don't mind four band bills if the opener is someone that is has like a marginal amount of of buzz to none, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the next band is like kind of up and coming, doing okay. The third band is like established in a scene and is good is a good complement to the headliner. Um, but I do also like when the main support can one up the headliner. I've been surprised by that many times. And I think that that's always an interesting decision when a band brings out a band, uh, when like a headlining band brings out a 
direct support that might be better <laughs> might be better because uh, I've seen that plenty of times. Do any of you have any examples of that? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, yeah, actually, that happens. Um, so this happens sometimes in some of the shows that I've gone to in Brooklyn at Alphaville. There was one show that um, obviously it was uh, the the headlining band was the band that was on the, our label. And then um, so we were there for the headline. So we were there for the whole show. Mm-hmm. There were two, you know, very nice sounding openers. Then the third person that went up, it was their record release show. And they were a local. And mm. they brought a lot of people to the gig. Only problem was when they left and it was the headline who was our artist went on a lot of people left the gig. <sighs> so, and they, and that person played for like way, like a long time, as long as like a headliner would play. Wow. It was, a yeah, it was kind of weird. like they went, they played like their entire album, their mm-hmm. new album. And I was like, this is kind of weird. And um, I'm not saying any names cause I don't want to talk about no, it, but, fine. but I'm just giving an example of like, there's those situations that I've seen a lot where, mm-hmm. you know, the local draw would draw so many people to the gig, which is awesome. That's what they're supposed to do. That's how they're supposed to help the headlining and the touring bands. But then the people that are actually supposed to be exposed to the headlining bands leave. So it's kind of like those, that weird situation where it's like, ah, this is great and all, but like, Mm -hmm. it's bittersweet. Yeah. And we, we referenced this a couple, um, a second in between spin with, uh, Christine, when we went to the tiny moving parts, mom jeans and Oso Oso gig and Christine and I were kind of like joking during mom jeans we're like man people are going so fucking hard right now and Christine's like yeah and they're all gonna leave after mom jeans and I go no people love tiny moving parts they're not gonna leave the second mom jeans was done I kid you not a third of that venue left yeah and I was like what that like, and I, I think it it was just me underestimating how much buzz Mom Jeans has. But I was super impressed by that, and like I love their li- like I'm I, I'm always there for their live gig on recording. I think they need to actually capture it a little bit more. But it surprised me because like, I think Tiny Moving Parts is like the most entertaining live band right now, at least the most entertaining three piece, um, other than Chevelle. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's going back to the butt rock. I love you, Jacqueline. Had to put that one in there, didn't he? All right. Time for the second music break of the podcast. Going to bring you two pretty loud, pretty fast songs from two badass bands with badass femme lead singers. The first is the song Capture the Flag by War on Women, who was uh, featured on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And then the song Rituals from Rolo Tomasi.
I didn't realize how much power mom jeans brought to a gig like that. Yeah. Luckily for luckily for time moving parts, um, everyone stayed for like the entire gig when it was at Music Hall of Williamsburg over here. Sick. So that was uh, uh, I didn't really see anybody leave. If anything, I think people came just to see time moving parts. So, do you go early to the gig? Do you see all the bands? Do you do you feel strongly that you go and you see all the bands, or do you say, "Nah, I just want to see this one band. I'll buy my ten dollar ticket and I'll go see them, and then I'll peace." Hmm. What do you think? Uh, okay, so here's the thing: uh, morally, and what I think uh, is very different from my actual behavior. Unfortunately, <laughs> same. <laughs> so, like, especially, and then like coming more from like the like DIY lens. Um, I feel like all the bands are... I love that you were just like, DIY. Well, I can't, like, say it. I don't know. <laughs> can't, like, say it that seriously or else yeah. I feel like a, a jerk. Um, but I feel like um, it's a, I feel like it's so important to be supporting local bands. And I like a lot of local bands. And I like going. And, like, that's that's what there is. And uh, But sometimes I'm like, this show is one block away from my house. And I can I can take a half hour nap, and I can be there for the band I want the two bands I want to see, and then I can be back in my bed by ten o'clock. And mm-hmm. like sometimes that's just so much more tempting than like actually being there for every everything. Um, but then like at, at, on the other hand, like if there's a show I'm putting on, and then people just come and see who they want to see, and then leave, and maybe miss bands that um, they don't know yet, or they could have been exposed to, and they could have really liked, and bands that are excellent. Then I'm like, what the heck? Like it's a bummer, but. Um, I I understand very much. It actually happened at one of my Leslie shows. There's this there's one like last year. There's this band Daisy and the Daisy and the Scouts. Uh, they're over now. It's very sad. Um, but they were just kind of getting rolling at that time, and um, everybody left. Like there was a big. It was like one of the the biggest shows, the most people of the whole year, and everybody left right before their set, and they just like destroyed it. Like they're so good, and uh, it's like so sad. But also I'm like. I do, like I do that more than I'd like to. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. just because of the way the world is. Mm. I really so I also agree with the sentiment that morally, what what I believe and what I actually do are very different. Sometimes, depending, it really depends on the day, and it depends on the gig, and it depends actually a lot on the venue, um, because. Here we have a bunch of venues that are out in Bushwick, which, you know, I could easily just take the L2, but like uh, Alphaville is like quasi difficult for someone like me to get to because like I live in Manhattan and you have to like go all the way into Brooklyn. And then there are some show, some like Music Hall of Williamsburg is like, you know, hop, skip and jump. So it really depends on like how quickly I can get to the venue and also what kind of day I've had, if I've had like a really strenuous and anxious, like anxiety filled day, mm, that's big. I definitely like have to take care of my mental health and not go to Because a, a lot of times I'm going to shows alone or I'm going to shows for work or something like that. Like I'm going for like the third person on the roster. I'm going for the headliner or something like that. So I have to think about how I'm actually feeling in order to be like, do I really want to see these two bands or do I want to take care of myself and like give myself some like silent pause and then go to the gig where I can be present and aware. So I really, it really depends. It's all very dependent on that. But I do morally feel that if you have the ability to, if you have the means, if you're able to, 
just get to the gig. And even if you catch like, you know, the last half of one of the opening gigs, you still have like an idea of like their performance Mm -hmm. and you're still, you're still buying a ticket and you're still supporting them in some way. Obviously buying merch is the best way to support a band when they're touring. But um, if it's a local band, you know, if you catch the end of their set, that's cool too. You catch one song, they're going to play their, probably their single that's out on Spotify right now. So that's even, that's okay too. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It's kind of really dependent on the situation. Uh, Mm. But Supporting bands are really important, especially if they're local. But if you're mm-hmm. going to a show that's local, most of the time you've probably already seen that band. Exactly. That's you know, so it's like it's like uh, like this weighing thing. So because you most likely are there for the touring bands, which are probably like the last two on the bill. Mm-hmm. I feel extra bad when I leave for the touring bands, also though, because they're, oh, yeah. they're they're like touring to this like play in this basement that not very many people are probably coming to or coming for the locals, and I'm like, but I could go home and go to bed but then yeah. I feel then I feel bad but um it's that kind of thing but then also like I like another thing I was saying earlier is just getting to the gig is so important and meeting people and seeing bands and when you're booking like I've I've seen so many bands that I didn't even know before and I just happened to catch their set and I was like I gotta I gotta I gotta book you right now actually so, like, <laughs> it's like so important to just be there um if you yeah. want to be involved but it's sometimes it's very hard it's mm-hmm. too bad for sure. No, it is, it's very hard. I mean, being a booker, you definitely have to make sure that you, you who you're booking, you know, lives up not only to what their digital presence is and lives up to the music they're putting out on Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever, but also like, what is like, what's their live performance like? Mm-hmm. Do they have like really awkward and weird stage banter? Are they like, do they never say their name? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of different like variables to that and seeing nice? that. Yeah, are they, they nice? like nice people? Do I want to like hang out with them for the evening? Like, yeah, are they good human beings? Are they going to be difficult to work with? That kind of thing. So there's a lot of variables there that going to the live performance really um, benefits from. Uh, from a, like a showgoer, just you know, Joe Schmo, regular old Joe or Joanne, <laughs> Joanne, you know, <laughs> Joanne Schmo. You know, you just go to the gig and you want to you want to hang out with people and meet new people and even just see the people that like that kind of community. Like what I want to know sometimes is like who else is listening to that music because mm-hmm. like, I'm listening to it. <clears throat> who, who are my who are my fellow music peeps, you know? But that's that's something that's always brought m- m- me a lot of joy is like so if I'm going to a gig like the first few times I saw Circus Survive and I was like. This was like before they became something super big. And I was like, oh, all these people are here because this band like means something to them. And that's one of the like more beautiful things I think about going to gigs is you see so many folks like putting their heart into everything. And that's like a really fun aspect of music. It's one of those like universal languages that kind of brings us together. And back in the day, when I first started going to gigs, I would show up way before doors because I thought it was so important to like be right in the front to like see every band to not even take a bathroom break because I didn't want (laughs) to lose my spot I would like dehydrate myself for the whole day to be like ready as like I can't 100 percent it's over it's not gonna happen I'm not eating I am in the front of this gig (laughs) I am getting hit in the back I am gonna have bruised ribs from the bar all of yeah. that. I, I camped out for Incubus in 2006. <laughs> I am an idiot because now, 12 years later, I show up when the show's about to start. 
or I'll, after. I'll check out the openers. I do love going and seeing openers. I do like especially if I paid for the gig, like I like to get my money's worth. If it's a gig where I'm going to cover a band or something, I might show up a band before them or something like that. But Mm -hmm. typically like I like to see the opener. And sometimes if it's a gig, if I'm not really feeling it, because there've been plenty of times I'm not feeling it, I'll just like disengage a little bit. I'll step to the side. It's fine. But I'm also one of those people who, when I was booking gigs, I loved when someone went up to one of the openers and was like, hey, man, that was a fucking great set. Like, mm-hmm. you guys are great. And I've been surprised plenty of times with openers. I went and saw – so a friend just like – when we were in high school, a friend was like, hey, do you want to go to this gig? It's May, the M-A-E, May band. It was May, um, Jameson Parker, and – I forget the other band, but the opening band was Days Away and Days Away would become Good Old War and Days Away um, put on one of the coolest sets I still remember from an opening band and I bought their CD and I, I immediately bought their CD and fell in love with it and then like they ended up turning into a good old war and become their like best friends with Anthony green, which was like a really cool connection. And I was like, Oh, all of this world is connected. That's really great. <laughs> and then just a couple years ago, again, another serendipitous thing. Katie wanted to go to the anniversary tour for set your goals as mutiny album. And I had listened to set your goals like once before that gig. And I had never heard of Misser. I had never listened. Oh, I I had listened to like Pacific, but then can't swim was like the opening band on that gig. And I was kind of familiar with their music, but if Katie hadn't asked me to go to that gig, I wouldn't have bought the can't swim EP during their third song. Like I went straight to their merch table <laughs> during their third song and bought the record and I was stoked on it. And then last year they put out one of my top 10 favorite albums. So like there's a lot to be said about going and seeing an opener. I saw animals as leaders open for like four gigs before they were headlining. Like how is that possible? <laughs> and it blows my mind to see some bands start, like the I saw Manchester Orchestra on their very first ever oh, wow. tour opening albeit for brand new but I got to we 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 saw that tour two nights in a row fell in love with Manchester Orchestra bought their CD drove down from Seattle to Portland listening to the wow. CD back to back five or six times so the second night we saw them we knew the songs by the second night so, like, I wouldn't have one of my favorite bands ever if it wasn't for seeing an opener. And, like, ah! And now wow. I'm, like, a jaded 30-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> jaded 21-year-old. That was, uh, that was, that was a thing you just did there. I have feelings, Jack. You have a lot of feelings. <laughs> a lot of feelings. That was. That was really special to watch happen. In For those my, of you who don't know, we're we're video conferencing, but the the to watch Craig is currently a little little red right now. With <laughs> I also have psoriasis, so that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not coming over psoriasis. I'm just saying you look, just look super stoked about oh, everything yeah, right now. I am uh, all of your feelings. I also coming. wouldn't have fallen in love with Phoebe Bridgers if I hadn't seen her open for Julian a couple years ago, like. Yeah. All of this stuff 
gets connected. Also, can I just comment on how I love that Julian's gigs are always super short and you can be home by like 10 30 or 11 i love that that's what i love to see it's like one opener or two the couple tours ago and then you you can just go home mm-hmm. it's fantastic when people just like like that s carry tour too it was just mm-hmm. s carry and gordy like oh, chill yeah. go home yeah <laughs> that's great it's so easy yeah, and I like spend nice. most of my time like in the I keep I keep bringing it up, but in the DIY scene with um like the <laughs> okay we spend a lot of time in the DIY scenes too. So it's just not yeah. everyone listening to this spends a lot of time in the DIY scene. Yeah, so like that's where I like do most of my show going, and I don't have like a ton of money always to be spending to go to like larger tours and stuff, yeah, even yeah. if I wanted to. But I like work at a venue that's bigger, and then I see like just like the two band bills like that, and I'm like, why don't we do that? This is excellent. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's just like a weird. It seems weird because I don't I never. Um, um, never see it, but it's nice. It's always very nice. I think it's also different um, in the DIY scene, especially with if you have a good community around it. Like mm-hmm. Boston right now is like a pretty good, wholesome community around just supporting each other if you get the right kinds of bands in there. Yeah. Um, whereas like to the point where we have like living room gigs mm-hmm. and it's like chill as hell and there's not really any sort of um concern for time or anything like we did like a living room gig with one of our friends and it was actually a whole cover set night and we were just like super casual and just had fun and we're joking during songs and sing-alongs like those are the kinds of nights that i am really thankful for like good community and not even like having to worry about the like politics of the gig just Mm -hmm. like chill out let's have fun let's not like take ourselves too seriously mm-hmm. that's my least favorite thing yeah <laughs> when yeah. especially local locals take themselves way too seriously yeah everyone, Jacqueline here from In Between Spins. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Edge of Punks podcast. I'm just dropping by to tell you a little bit more about In Between Spins. It probably comes as no surprise that I love collecting vinyl. It's been a hobby and a huge obsession of mine for over a decade. And over the years, I've had the pleasure of meeting and connecting with other femme and non-binary vinyl collectors through social media and record fairs. However, this space is still heavily dominated by men. And this is why I created In Between Spins. Every week, I'll share pieces of my record collection, books I'm reading, art I'm enjoying, and whatever else I'm doing in between spinning records. In addition to the In Between Spins YouTube channel dedicated to femme and non-binary vinyl collectors, the first quarterly zine is available now to purchase with all proceeds going to Trinity Place Shelter, a homeless shelter in New York City for LGBTQ youth. This first zine is centered on feminism and how we navigate relationships with male figures in our lives. If you'd like to get involved with the channel or zine, feel free to reach out to me on social media or email hello at inbetweenspins.com. Talk to you all soon and enjoy the rest of this episode.
Yeah, so what about closing bands? Have you ever been surprised by a closing band that you might not have been there for, but they were like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know about that. I've been disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, plenty of times. (laughs) Plenty of times. I've gone to the show specifically for the, the headliner or closing band and have been like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And and just being like, well, that was, that was a waste of four hours of my life. Now I'm going to go home now and think about never doing that again. So, <laughs> Does that happen where you're just like, guess I'm not going to gigs anymore? There were, yeah, there were a few times where I'm just like, well, guess I'm just going to take a break from gigs because that was just not worth it. <laughs> Like, I'm now, like, in this phase of my life where I really have to be, it either has to be a work gig where, like, my client is there, or I, it's like, I'm checking out a band for the label, or I, like, genuinely need to see those bands in real life because, like, I just want to see, I want to experience it. So those are my three qualifications. If there's like, hey, do you want to like go to the gig like on a Thursday night? I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the gig. Who's playing? I was like this band. I don't care. I don't want to go unless I'm like, like wishy washy. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like everyone's like, oh, there's this band playing. No, I don't care. I'm. I'm out. I want to stay home and like hang out with my husband and just chill on the couch. So like, well, you need those nights. I, well, I have a lot of those nights, which is great. And I also have other projects going on. So it's like kind of like the same thing. It's like, now nah, I got other stuff to, get, to do with my time. And most of the time, a lot of those bands, they're like, oh, it's like this band. I'm like, all right, cool. And I, I look them up on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, there's like eight white dudes playing. Great. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> this band has six guitarists. <laughs> this, band has, this band has five dudes in it. And the opening band has three dudes in it. And, and they're all white and they all look cisgendered and i know that's really mean of me to say but and very presumptuous but you know i gotta i have to make decisions on the fly and that's my decision suddenly i have 12 other things to do tonight actually yeah yeah that's like harder when when i was a college student though like for for real it was harder for me because i was in corvallis oregon which is about uh, at least an hour and a half south of portland you could get there a little bit faster if you broke some laws. But um, getting to a gig meant, like, if I had, like, a 5 p.m. class, I was skipping my class. Yeah. Because I had to drive, I had to beat the traffic up to Portland so I could actually get to the gig. And then driving home meant mm-hmm. uh, I was getting home late, filling my stomach with Taco Bell, yeah. and then <sighs> getting up for my 8 a.m. class. Like, it was hard. It was hard. But now, like, being in Boston, mm-hmm. I feel fucking spoiled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like easy to just take the tea or just a quick drive in or something uh, to to get to the gig. And even when I first moved here, uh, if a gig was in Boston, I lived in Amherst. I had to drive two hours if I wanted yeah. to go to a gig or I could drive two hours up to Albany or I could drive down to New Haven. But like now being here, it's a little bit easier. But at the same time, uh, along with what you're saying, Jacqueline, there have been times when I've had tickets. Like, it wasn't like I was on the list or something like that. I had tickets, and I was just like, I don't feel this tonight. Or, like, I have, like, a panic attack or a depressive mm-hmm. episode. I'm like, I'm just not going to go. Yeah. And I, I still haven't seen nothing because twice I had those, like, kind of attacks happen. I'm like, I've been waiting to see this band, like, forever, but... 
if you know you're gonna go you're gonna have a terrible time so it's just it's definitely worth it to to know what you got to do so yeah, yeah. I, feel, I am feeling a little older. Like I went to Circus Survive a couple weeks ago, my 19th time seeing them, which is obnoxious, but I got a headache halfway through the gig yeah. and I was like, you know what? I've seen this band a bunch of times. Uh, I've seen them enough to know uh, what they're going to do. I think I'm okay. And I at least got mm-hmm. to see Hail the Sun and Foxing and that was good for me. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I can leave this gig early. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I think that's like, you know, that's okay to to feel comfortable doing that. And we ta- I've talked about this before. I've mentioned this where it's like you don't, you're, you know, you get to a point where, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you camped out and you were like, I have to go to this gig. I got to be up front and I have to like not drink water for five hours and you have to be at the guardrail <laughs> and you get super sweaty. You know, you have those moments where you're like, you want to experience that. And, you know, I feel like every person who gets into really like, you know, alternative music and, and eventually gets into the DIY scene has gone through that. And, and you're happy to go through that. But when you get older, you're like, man, I'm too old to just be going to gigs just to say that I, that I went to the gig. Right. And, and it's okay. You know, it's totally okay to buy a, buy a ticket. And sometimes I buy tickets to shows and I just don't go sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that happens. And so it's just, I want to let people know that if you do that, that's okay. Because I do what's, it. What's wonderful about that is when you get older, you have money and oh, we can do boy. those things. See, I would like, I'd, I was like, if I paid more than $10, I'd be like, I can't. There's no way. I oh, no. These are go. like, yeah, yeah. These are shows that are, like, I'm talking about strictly shows that are under $15. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If you're saying like concerts at like $52 for a ticket, first of all, uh, no, mm-hmm. thank you. I don't want to pay for $52 for a ticket. Uh, but. I'd rather just see all the Instagram stories and Snapchats. Mm. But being someone still in college and going to gigs, Mm -hmm. do you have a, what's your experience been like? Um, The last like month of the semester, I always have to be very selective. Like right now, there's been like so many shows that I missed in the last like two weeks because I just can't like not be doing homework all the time. Um, But it's good. I do, I do, I do get to him uh, quite quite a bit but there's always like did i have a long day at school do i have to work tomorrow like and then i'm like well i could and then also like i live um really close to where a lot of things are happening too so i'm like i could be home in five minutes if i just leave now kind of thing which is always very tempting um so i think the 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 things about living a college life that make you tired also make it hard to not be tired at the gig Um, Mm -hmm. so it's 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 striking balance and i remember like you were saying, being in high school and like planning like four months in advance for my dad to drive me in <laughs> after picking me up at the very end of softball practice and drive me in and do whatever. And then I feel really bad because I was always like, "Why can't you drive any faster? Like we're gonna, I'm not gonna be the first one in line." <laughs> like, there's literally like so much traffic. But, know, just, but like, that, that's the, so real, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's just like the vibe. The vibe just definitely shifted. And then once that I was able to like hold on to the concert experience um much more loosely mm. is when i started to have fun more because i was like if i feel terrible and i'm having a bad time like i can it's okay it's fine you can leave you can mm-hmm. stand in the back you know it's um mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to strike a strike a balance a little bit strike a pose that too yeah <laughs> that too i i also feel at times that when 
there's like f- uh, friends going to the gig or whatever. There's sometimes where I don't want to like let them down yeah, by not showing up yeah. or like they're kind of counting on me. Like I'm one of those people that like wants to come through, but sometimes I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to make it tonight. And, mm-hmm. or I just don't like, I hate ghosting, but like sometimes I'm just like, I don't even have the energy to like make up an excuse right now. Yeah. I just, I, and I, I'm trying to like get to the point where I'm more comfortable not apologizing for men, my mental health and just taking that, and recognizing that sometimes I'm just not going to be down to go to the gig, mm-hmm. but when I can, I'm going to try to bring someone else. Uh, I'm going to try to expose some folks to new music. I'm going to try to hype it while I'm there. I'm going to try to put some stuff on on the Insta story just so like folks know that like, hey, there's this cool band. I've never heard of this band. You should check out this band. It was really great. Uh, yeah. If you have any level of audience, do that. Um uh, while at the same time, it took me a while to be comfortable going to gigs alone. I don't know if either of you have this experience, but it took me up until like just a couple years ago to be comfortable going to a gig alone. I used uh, to go to shows like when I lived in Boston, I used to go to shows alone all the time just because I, I, A, didn't really have a lot of friends that like liked the same music that I did. And most of the time I just enjoyed my own company and I like I'm still to this day that type of person where I like my me time, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it. Like I, I like being alone and I like spending time with myself and like being inside my head a little bit. Um, and then going to shows was helpful for me to, it's always been helpful for me to just like relax and to mm-hmm. really appreciate music. Sometimes when I'm there with someone, like we're talking or like, you know, we're, you know, experiencing it together, which is great, you know, going to shows, you know, with, with, um, Brian, my husband, I think that's great. That was a lot of fun. But, you know, I'm happy to go alone, too, and just really experience it myself. So, I, I, I mean, there are there are a lot of anxieties around it because, like, you don't have anyone to talk to. And the only thing that you can do is look at your phone if you want to distract yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't mind it. What about you, Kara? Um, well, when I was, like, very, very hype on, on, on when going to the shows and stuff, like, in, in high school... Um, I had a very particular way of how I wanted to navigate, like being at the gig. And I was like, I have to be here at this time and whatever else. And like, I've, I, every time I try to bring friends with me, I would just get like wild and make them mad <laughs> because I like, I was like, this is how it has to go. Um, cause it was very like important, but then, um, like letting go of that and being able to just like roll with it and, and make the, like you were saying, make the, make it a space where you can kind of relax and like do, you know, do your thing. Um was nice so then I it's it became a lot more social for me which is good and I I go a lot with friends and my roommates and my partner and everything are all very into like um the same music I wanted to get to the gig and stuff but now being spoiled with that terrible at going alone can almost never do it like so bad if I do go alone I can only be in there when the music is playing I had to take a walk around the block in between sets then I can like be there for that so um it's all it's all very shifted and maybe it'll shift back but um yeah, not not good at that anymore. It's, it's, I really like I really like um, when venues do allow reentry. Oh yeah, yeah. You can Crucial. just go out, get some air. Well, get away from the smokers, get some air, and just like walk it off. Because like sometimes I need to do that. Even like when I'm if I'm playing a gig, I need to like walk outside, get some air, and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, like, helpful. Like, a venue that makes you, like, stay in. Like, 
I think House of Blues does that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, stay in there. And, like, I just want to, like, step out for, like, a second and get some air. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. being in a stuffy room with a bunch of people breathing is not my favorite all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially with claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, in the summer, too. Like, oh. But nope. Yeah, that's nope. that's my move. I yeah, over the summer, I don't think I ever stayed in the venue for longer than one set length. I was yeah. always like, got to be in and out all the time, and I still do it even when it's cold and it's nice. And so places that are close to my house, I'll go home and hang out for a minute and then, like come back to the gig. <laughs> I've done that several times. Like we were talking about skipping bands and feeling really bad about skipping bands, but I have gone home, taken a nap, and then got back for the other band that I wanted to see. Like, <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's yes. actually I I wish I I, I want that. Those that's my goal in my life right now is to be able to do that. Yeah, it was sick. But then I was like, I oh, envy I feel you. Bad, I'm missing this other touring band. But then I was like, but I have the opportunity to do this, and I gotta. It's just, you just gotta do it. Take the opportunities when mm-hmm. you get them. Seize the opportunity. Yeah. All right, last little music break before this podcast ends. Gonna show you two more songs. Song called Reagan by Tuxus Giants and Symmetry from Y Oak. And when she sees her mother at sea, there's something missing. She visited the Georgetown steps for no So this was a fun chat. Thanks so much for joining us, Kara. Thanks, Kara. I'm going to friend you on Facebook. Oh, sick. Now you know how to spell my name, so. I do. (laughs) I also just love that the couple times, so we had you and Christine on, it ends with Jacqueline being like, I'm going to find you on social media, (laughs) and we're going to be friends, and you're going to like it. I'm going to force you to be friends with me on social media. (laughs) That's how all of these podcasts end. I was already friends with Chris. We had already been like social friends. We've never met in real life. But Christine, I was like complimenting her on her tweeting skills. (laughs) She's good, yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> and I was like, oh, I remember you do this one tweet? And she was like, yeah, I'm really proud of that one. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's man. good when you can just like acknowledge that and not be weird about it. Because I'm weird about everything, too. So I'm just like, uh, this was, this, you're so cool. But I'm like, I feel like when you can just come out and be like, that tweet from three months ago, like really excellent. I admire that. No, I had no shame in telling her. I was like, I think about that tweet probably like once a week. And she was like, awesome. I'm really proud of that one. And that was just kind of like the end of the conversation. That's so <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, can folks find you on social media like Twitter, Instagram, where it's less invasive than Facebook sometimes? Uh, I'm sure I sure am on Instagram. There sure is not really great content on there, but it's there. Okay, you know. Okay, uh, it's Kara with a dot in the middle. K A E period R A. I've oh. never ever plugged my social media with my mouth before. Feels very weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, uh, Jacqueline. How do they find you? Uh, you can find me at Jacqueline underscore O'Connell on anything or at in between spins on Twitter and Instagram because I don't have a Facebook because fuck that shit. Cambridge Analytica, right? And... Well, also that and I just don't want to I just don't want to fuck with that algorithm. Yeah, I'm already trying to fuck with the Instagram algorithm and I just don't have the time or patience to deal with it. <laughs> because I know how that shit works. More importantly, you can watch Jacqueline's incredibly entertaining uh, videos and wonderful little teasers that are always on Instagram that are just so adorable and I love them. <laughs> Things get super weird in the in between spin studio. By the way, this is my studio. <laughs> just in the living room right behind you. <laughs> yeah, this is, our, this is our second bedroom where all our records are and I sit right in front of that little couch right there and do my thing. I actually I recorded two videos yesterday because I'm going on vacation and I have to edit them tomorrow and brian sat there <laughs> helped me record them in the studio sick it was a fun time things get really weird <laughs> well sick we'll see you in a month we'll see you yeah we'll see you in may y'all nice it's nice to meet you nice to meet you i will find you right. oh my <laughs> god can't wait that's it we did it Another episode in, be- in, be- in between. That's it. We did it. Another episode of In Between Spins complete. Very, very thankful for uh, my friend Jacqueline O'Connell. Another great conversation with her. And big thanks to Kara Wise for joining us. Cannot wait to see more of the gigs that Kara will book. We just uh, experienced Leslie's big quad fest this last week that had Really From, as well as. Pale Hound, Girl Pool, and Oompa playing that gig. It was so much fun. Had, had a whole lot of fun, and a lot of students came out uh, on what ended up being kind of a cold evening, but it was a lot of fun, and they they enjoyed it. Maybe we'll put some pictures up on the website so you all can see the greatness of a gig that Kara helped book along with Katie Ham. Uh, pretty, pretty sick stuff. But yeah, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on edu- at EduPunksPod. Follow me at Craig Bittedman. And if you like any of the songs from the podcast, check the show notes. You can go check out those bands, listen to the albums, buy some copies of it. We're going to leave you with the song from the band Spanish Love Songs. It is called Buffalo Buffalo. I just saw them on Sunday, and they put on a kick-ass gig. All right, we'll see you next week. Let's get to work. 
Escaping 